we have been dumbed down by our media, by our religion, by our institution, educational institutions, even by our parents who didn't know any better, to be to function uh, in a very limited world. You get up, you go to work or school, you get married, you have children, and and you're no there's no availability of a bigger reality. And if we had, and this is really the crux, I think, behind why the government's been keeping the secret. It's not about aliens. It's about energy. It's about free energy. These beings are not filling up their gas tank to get here. And if we had that technology, it would free us from being enslaved. Isn't this uh, June 19th? We're being freed from being enslaved to energies, systems that make us work for and, and, and being only concerned about survival. But free energy could cultivate the deserts, could light up your apartment to give us the reason we incarnated for in the first place. And you know what that is, the reason we're here? I mean, in my opinion, it's to be creators. Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Journeyers, welcome to Higher Journeys. I am laughing. I am smiling. I am delighted today because at long last, I get to have the man from New Realities, Mr. Alan Steinfeld, joining us today with lots of great stuff. Alan, welcome. We're just going to get right into this conversation. Uh, How are you? This is such a hot month for us uh, UFO investigators interested in the field. It's Indeed. exciting. Indeed. Yeah. And the Fine. world and the world at large, I dare say. Listen, guys, you know what's going on. You saw my show, no doubt, with Laura Eisenhower and Brad Olson last week, where we we delved deeply into possible, probable motivations for the latest string, I will say, of uh, revelations, of headlines, of stories. Uh, Alan, we are going to talk about that, but I'm going to tell you right up front, guys. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go broad today. Alan is all things big questions. Alan, if you know Alan's work in the last over three decades, he's really been on the quest to find out what the true nature of reality is, the nature of consciousness. Of course, what is inclusive of that is our um, interfacing with this very large phenomenon of which we're hearing more about. So what we're going to do is we're going to, Alan's got some things to share, but you know what we're going to do? We're taking it to the after show. We are going to do that on Patreon because I want to, Alan, I want to engage you in a broader discussion of which uh, the UFO, I hate labels, you know that. This phenomenon uh, has engaged with us and is opening up. Uh, we're cracking open the, the matrix, it, should, it would seem. So we are going to touch on it. We can't not in the main show. But Alan, let's start, let's start out with a, with a question. You have said that um, you're, this, this is really your quest. You came here on planet Earth to discover the true nature of reality the nature of consciousness, something that we all in this field would be remiss if we didn't address the big question right up front. In all the years that you've been after this, do you feel you're a little closer to understanding the true nature of reality? Uh, you know, the nature of reality is sometimes um, conditioned by consensus reality. What is allowed to be believed and what what can we actually um, connect with in our own personal lives? So because the nature of that reality, a larger reality is changing with the government coming forward and acknowledging, yes, there are crap. Yes, there are beings and all those things that we've been looking forward to for the last 80 years are suddenly coming online. I would say we're getting a, a, a bigger whiff, if you want to put it that way, 
of what reality really is about. I don't think we'll ever solve the true nature of reality, but we we keep getting closer to the horizon, perhaps. So it's exciting times we're in, and we are really at the threshold of a new world. And that's what that's that's what we've been waiting for, Alexis. That's it. That's what we've been waiting for. As uh, Philip Corso, the late Philip Corso, so aptly put it, a new world if you can take it. So the big question is, can we take it? Can Well, when I say we, we're talking about the larger collective. You know, the government, that for whatever reason, for withholding all that they have and still continue to withhold, say, in a matter of speaking, euphemisms aside, it's for your own good. We, we want to make sure you can take it. Can we take it? Well, you know, it depends when you say we. There's a whole spectrum of people. The masses. Who, who can take it. But if you're at the leading edge of possibilities, this is, again, what we've been living for. But the problem is we identify with reality with, with ourselves. This is who I am. And this is space and time. And this is my history. And so when suddenly that changes, this goes back to what John Max said years ago, it creates an ontological shock, it means mm -hmm. nature of reality is no longer what we thought it is. And it, it, it forms a kind of um, um, a, a shutdown of who we think we are. You know, it's 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 um, what do they call that word when you there's two conflicting things a going paradox. on? What? Okay. A paradox. A paradox, and there's another word for that. Cognitive um, dissonance. Cognitive <laughs> dissonance. That actually is where I was looking for. It's a cognitive dissonance between what we think we know and what now the world is telling us. So this creates an identity crisis for those who are so um, uh, obsessed with who they think they are, their job, their baseball team, their political party. People identify with things outside of themselves and especially the nature of time and space. Mm. And when that's not what we thought it was, this whole sense of identity are those who can't take it. It's like there's a collapse. And I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. We're talking about a psychological shock, Alan. This this could open up a great conversation. I would like to go down this rabbit hole a bit because you're right. You know, as you're saying these things that, you know, worldviews are based or predicated primarily on indoctrination, because, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that says at some level we are aware of the nature of reality because we're part of that fabric. And yet it has been atrophied in the mind. And what takes over are the 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 what someone called the epidermis layer of reality, which is, as you said, your job, your skin color, your gender identity, whatever that is. But what I find so interesting now with what's happening, and I think maybe even from a frequency perspective, is that that part of us that does know the nature of reality and does know who he or she is, is perhaps being awakened, taken out of dormancy because of something that may be happening, happening energetically. Right. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's why I called the subtitle of my book, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. Preparing is bringing into awareness something else is possible. And we need to dialogue about this. We need to let go of our old histories and realize the world is not what we've been taught. The, the worldview is a very limited way of looking at, at the reality around us. And there's something bigger coming in. And we have to, I call it horse and buggy thinking. We have to welcome the new 
technologies, a new awareness to give up the old ways of moving around through through this world and and see ourselves as something bigger. Yes, we're not our skin color. We're not our bodies. We're not our history. We're not our baseball team. I keep going back to that because everyone's so identified with their things. And that's not us. You, you are the infinite nature that can deal with the new world. You're right. I agree wholeheartedly. And yet, as I listen again, I have to, you have to really, and I believe you're a historian. By the way, I'm going to give a shout out to your book, Making Contact. I just read the intro and I'm like, this man really knows his stuff. But kudos to you. Beautifully written. It was brilliant. And all the success that it's had. So you no doubt know the history of us uh, in terms of the psychological um I don't want to call it metamorphosis because I'm going to call it atrophying of human consciousness. This has been many, many thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of years of undoing the organic human and presenting the facade that you're talking, the baseball game, the Netflix now, the all, and, and even going back thousands of years, whatever they were doing there at a surface level. So you're talking about lots of layers of, of of matrix-like reality, but right. underneath that is something greater that I think people are starting to get a whiff of. You used that term earlier. They know there's a part of us that is identifying with this, but even if it has something to do with the, you know, uh, the whole time-space continuum, continuum, and we know all of the anomalies that have happened that average people have experienced. So, you know, it's a lot to reconcile. And it, it does cause cognitive dissonance and even the best of us, I would think. But right. do but you think... This- yes. Oh, what were your questions? Sorry. No, you go ahead. I'm talking a lot. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying you're right. We have been dumbed down by our media, by our religion, by our institu- educational institutions, even by our parents who didn't know any better to, be, to function uh, in a very limited world. You get up. You go to work or school, you get married, you have children, and, and you're not, there's no availability of a bigger reality. And if we had, and this is really the crux, I think, behind why the government's been keeping the secret. It's not about aliens. It's about energy. It's about free energy. These beings are not filling up their gas tank to get here. And if we had that technology, it would free us from being enslaved. Isn't this uh, June 19th? We're being freed from being enslaved to energies, systems that make us work for and, and, and being only concerned about survival. But free energy could cultivate the deserts, could light up your apartment to give us the reason we incarnated for in the first place. And you know what that is, the reason we're here? I mean, my opinion, it's to be creators like you're a creator. We are here to emulate creation as creators. That's the destiny of every single human being to add to the experience of creation by infusing your feeling sense of humanity into the world. And that's our true destiny. And we can do that. If we're not enslaved to the systems that, you know, limit our possibilities. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is about freeing ourselves. It's not about aliens. It's about getting the government to let go of its monopoly and the government, who knows, industry, corporate, whoever mm-hmm. these, whoever's stopping the latest whistleblower when he says, you know, Gersh, he said, well, 
they didn't want me to come out. I had to go to the inspector general and say, yes, there's technologies that um, um, are being hidden from the Congress and the public. Well, who's hiding that technology? Who doesn't want this guy to come out and blow the whistle? Whoever those people are, are mm -hmm. insulting the human race and it's a crime against humanity. We don't have to stand for it. Absolutely. Well, you said the key at the end. We don't have to stand for it. The government is not going to do anything other than the, what they have done historically. So we come back to the individual and individual. You know, I, I, there's a chapter in my book, Conscious Musings, No Evolution Without Revolution and Revelation. And I think the biggest revelation is about self. So, so here's a question I want to ask you in terms of those, and there have been so many of them lately. Um, those who ask big questions like yourself, like me, like our audience, that feel not only, it, it's not just curiosity, it is, uh, there's a need to know, who am I really? What is this all about? Where are we going? And so many others that wouldn't even think to ask the questions, why is that? Is our DNA different? You think? No, it's 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 a dumbing down. It's a, it's a fear of survival. It's being infused. It's being a it's a brainwashing. They are in the matrix, and they don't even know they're in the matrix. No, right. we are creative, free thinkers. Except there's been a program, and you've broken out of it. Maybe I have that. Why? How though? That's my question. What? what? I'm more concerned. I'm more curious about those of us that are growing. By the way, yeah. that don't fit into that matrix. How did that happen is what I'm asking you. How did Alan become Alan? Yeah, that's a really good question because my family's pretty normal, I have to say. And they, 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 you know, they're nice people. They do, but they, they listen to the mainstream. So how do we become that, Alexis? I think maybe there's a little extra spark in us where we said, no, I'm not following the rules. Maybe it's your astrological sign. Maybe your mother was a really free thinker and said, we're not going to follow the rules the way we're supposed to. And, and so there's a little piece that lets us step outside the system and, and or the artists. Artists are always, Terrence mm -hmm. McKenna says, if the artist can't find the way, the way cannot be found. So it's people who acknowledge their, their creative mind their intuition it's this is what we're building in this like i don't want to say new age but this new time of ascension and 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 that's what's so important to create the new future with a with a population that's living in the present mm -hmm. not fear of the future if you're enjoying this episode along with all of the subjects that we cover here on higher journeys then i invite you to join our members only community on patreon where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive after shows Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks. Love and, it. And it's really exciting. So it's not just, yeah, we can't expect, like you said, government to come forward. But you could see just by the whistleblowers that came forward, Gary Nolan and um, who's the, uh, Gersh and Christopher Mellon. There's a fracture inside. There's an infighting. There's... There's a battle for mm -hmm. control and truth and reality in a sense. Mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know, Galileo was put in prison because suddenly he proved that the earth wasn't the center of the universe. And that just went against the accepted paradigm. And that's 
the battle we're in now, do we go against the accepted paradigm and say, oh, it's all a joke. This guy's set up to telling this and it doesn't matter anyway. And just get on with your work, you know, <laughs> or do we say, wow, we are at the brink of a really exciting new world, a change, a possibility for humanity to to claim its freedom to be creators and, and do we start to push for that as people of the world collectively? That's what I'm excited about. You should be. Yeah. You mentioned Galileo. I think it's just reaffirms the fact that the more things change, the more they stay the same throughout history. And yet so many uh, have prophesized these times that we're in as the, the, the paradigm buster that maybe we are going to change the course of history this time around. So it, it, it's exciting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's happening. Don't you feel it? You're excited. We just got back from contact in the desert. Wasn't that a really fun, fantastic, loving event? Oh, it was so good just to be back. I'm still beaming about it, Alan. It was, it was absolutely good. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. They and, were collecting and supporting each other because we can't do it alone. It's true. We're yeah. individuals, but we need community. We need people on the same team, let's say, to stand up and say, no, reality is not what you said it was. And and there's something more happening. And we need to demand it, demand it from our people in Congress who are also caught in the middle. They don't know what to believe because they haven't been told the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's, we're in a inner revolution, a civil war inside our government. This seems mm -hmm. to be I think you use the term inner to denote a few things in your book. When you talk about inner, I'm trying to think of the, the term that you used, meaning an inner, an inner evolution, but inner here, not inside the matrix, inner. There's an inner revolution, an inner discovery, uh, an inner Wi-Fi, I've called it over the years. Um, what Again, I, I just don't know whether there'll be a mass epiphany or will, whether it will happen groups at a time, a couple of people at a time until we reach the hundredth monkey and there's a, there's a true revolution or evolution. Well, we can see sort of how it's been evolving. You know, I used to, in the eighties, I couldn't find a health food store anywhere when I would drive around and travel at different cities. Now there's a health food store, a Whole Foods or whatever on every street corner practically. And, mm -hmm. and that's an evolution for more consciousness. Yeah, we won't want it, even though who knows about the food in Whole Foods. But anyway, <laughs> I was just going to say. It's an attempt. So there's a more of a conscious awareness and people are more uh, definitely and, and concerned about the environment. Like, yes. I mean, I feel guilty every time I take a plastic bag from a store. So, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, my father worked in a steel industry and it actually killed him to be in an environment that where there was no awareness of environmental toxins. It, mm -hmm. That actually really was tragic. And because he was a good person and just did a job and who knows, yeah. you know, he didn't, no one thought about that. So, there is a change and people are waking up and people are having Kundalini awakenings and people are seeing UFOs. Absolutely. So there is a change. Will it, I think it's like boiling water. Me and you, there's a couple of bubbles that bubble up and come steam. And then eventually when it reaches a certain level, maybe like the hundredth monkey, it really starts to boil. So we're in that in-between stage. Are we going to turn down the heat or turn it up and start to pop? And 
and really be part of a change. It can't, the world can't function the old way. You know? No, no, and it's not. No, absolutely not. Funny you should use that boiling water analogy because I was listening to someone talking about the boiling frog scenario, which is you're using it kind of in a different context. So let's hope that we're uh, either, because I think that there is boiling water on the negative side happening as well. Again, we're at a point of, we're in a very dichotomous situation, I think, Alan, where we're seeing, I mentioned this in the last show, uh, you know, acts of altruism and, and getting back to conscious living like we've never seen before. And yet there's this incredible, uh, incredibly in-your-face synthetic and frankly, a malevolent reality that's also emerging. So yeah, it's dichotomous for sure. Seems to parallel. You get a little good, you get a little, get more light, you get a little more shot. I mean, it's like, you know, there's that evolution but aren't you excited about the possibility look at look at what you've done look at your input into this field has helped a lot of people just you know become more aware that's i think what's it made me most um encourage are the numbers of people who heretofore have not been even interested in this subject that are emailing you and probably me and probably you as well saying alexis oh my god something happened to me and i need to understand and distill this now alexis you know i'm seeing the world in a whole different way so i'm excited about that for sure i am let's let's yeah let's switch gears for a minute i i want you to tell you're a good storyteller alan i want you to tell us in this wonderful adventure of a life that you live i want you to give us maybe one of the strangest experiences that have happened to you that have really rocked your uh your sense of reality can you share something with us of course it's actually in my book if you want to read it chapter seven making content oh. but i'll tell you um so i had a kind of i would think alien abduction i haven't fully investigated it but in the summer of 1987 i was driving cross country with this girlfriend and we just pulled off the road to go to sleep because it was a long day and we were felt like we were frozen and time and time space a suspended animation and then we wake up and um we just have to get out of there because it felt kind of weird and creepy we just had to go like, leave and i thought for a second did something happen and i go nah and then i just get on back on the road but a year later i was sleeping actually not far from where i am now on long island and i was woken up in the middle of the night so the abduction wasn't the weird part being woken up in the middle of the night as if something was tickling the inside of my leg, I guess to catch my attention while I was sleeping. And then this little creature, this little being was placed in my hands. It looked like all I remember, and this is like, you know, 30, 25 years later, um, was it looked like a little deer with big eyes or a little animal. And I just thought, this is weird. Why am I being shown this? And who is this? But Later on, I put it together. That may have been the result of whatever genetic information that was taken from me from that trip cross country, and then I was being shown to. And I and I've read this in the literature. I didn't come up with this to bond with these hybrid offspring, and and that may be true. But I didn't feel a bonding. Maybe just holding it was bonding enough. But it it was so weird. If you ask the question, that was the most weirdest thing that I remember and I've never forgotten. And yes, it was in a dream state, but you know, you forget your dreams. And I, this is, does that, have you heard that? Yeah. Well, not only have I heard of it, I've had similar types of things, not quite the, you know, yes, I have, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I didn't know that you're an abductee too. Well, I don't use such strong terms, but I consider myself an experiencer for sure. And I have told my story and part of it is, you know, um, I've talked about in lectures. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if y'all were at uh, conscious, uh, Contact in the Desert, where my uh, lecture was about unconscious contact, are you an experiencer and don't know it? This oh. was the whole premise of, of what we were talking about. How can I see that? Because I'm actually researching someone who has total examples of being an experiencer without ever knowing it. Mm -hmm. And and uh, how do I get to see that lecture? We Is can there... we can hook that up for you, Alan. We can work that <laughs> I'll quote you in my research paper because I think that is so important because like the, um, the, the what was that, the Roper study in mm -hmm. 1992, 5%, according to Bud Hopkins and Dave Jacobs and maybe John Mack, have had abduction or contact experiences and have forgotten it, yet exhibit symptoms of contact. So I, I should try to find that. My video. contention is that it could be more like 85 to 90, maybe more. And the thesis is predicated on things like phobias, clues to contact is what I call it, like phobias, trauma, childhood trauma seems to be a very strange entry point and a juxtaposition of those that have had uh, human caused trauma, uh, yeah. abduction encounters. And then we also delineate abduction versus contact. Not all contact is abduction, but all abduction is some form of contact. So it goes pretty deep. We look at to, into binary code and why people are seeing so many repeating numbers and how that might connect into uh, the non-human intelligence uh, arena. So it's deep. It's heavy. Yeah. Alexis, when can I interview you? Ah, we'll talk about that after. We're keeping the focus on you, Alan Steinfeld. About that because you're absolutely right. It could be as high. I don't know, 85%, um, maybe, I would say maybe 40%. I don't know. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's much higher. Whatever whatever it is, I will say that, and I'm not as concerned about the numbers that may be having some form of contact, because I think the lines are so blurry as to what constitutes contact. We talk about the angelic realm, the, the elemental realm, the shadow being phenomenon. And, you know, again, as humans, we tend to delineate this is this, and that means that. And I say it, it all constitutes contact with some form of sentient life that is not considered human. And in that case, those numbers are a heck of a lot higher. But more than that, you know, the right. goal of my, yeah, go ahead. No, the the goal. goal of my presentation, he's now turned the tables, you know, uh, Alan's a master interviewer. So that, this is a trouble I get into when I interview the interviewer. <laughs> I'll say this and then we'll, we'll go back to, to, to some of the other things. Um, the goal of the whole presentation was really to understand. It's about self-discovery. It's about understanding self, but self has to be based on the whole spectrum of experience that one might have in their life, both consciously as well as unconsciously. And unconsciously, there seems to be a lot of revelation going on when people uncover, whether it be via uh, hypnotherapy or triggers. We also talk about, you know, triggers that can happen, like with Len Buchanan, you know, the, the, the man who had said that uh, the movie, what, what was the movie? Um, Men Who Stare at Goats is based on. Lynn Buchanan was in a book that I was also in by Miguel Mendoza called We Are the Disclosure. And he talks about a trigger for his recollection of contact happening when his wife was, he was looking for something in his backyard, right? And his wife said, Lynn, did you look in the backyard? No, he was looking for something, period. His wife goes, Lynn, did you look in the backyard? All she had to say was, Lynn, did you look in the backyard? And a flood 
of memories came back of a contact encounter that happened in his backyard. So wow. people are, the, the epiphanies that they're having are coming. It's almost like dream recall. You know how yeah. like you have a dream you forget, but you may be brushing your teeth a week later and all of a sudden clarity on the right. dream. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, no, that's a really good point because I don't know what my trigger was. I always thought I would see, remember seeing faces at the window when I was a child and mm -hmm. my mother, I think it's of course generational. My mother had mm -hmm. a really strange phobia of fear of cats. And I said, well, what are you afraid of in cats? And she said, well, it's their eyes. I said, okay, I got mm -hmm. you. And mm -hmm. she hasn't any of this, but she does remember or sort of remember getting lost in the mountains of Tucson in the summer of 1947 with her mother, just when the Roswell thing was happening. And I just always thought that was really, she never lived outside of New York her whole life, except for that summer when she was trying to get, heal her asthma in Tucson and right there in the Southwest. And so I think it starts three or four generations back. So Agreed. when they get us, yeah. And um, yeah, there, no, I yeah. think that's really brilliant. And I think it's so important. We have to have a public conversation about this. I mean, yeah. uh, because people need to realize that they may not be traumatized for the, this is what John Mack was so key about, you mm -hmm. know, it may not be the, well, it could be child abuse, and that does happen, of course, but it could be something else on top of that that is so traumatized people. It, yeah. it seems to be, yes, John Mack, and I actually quote John Mack a, a great deal in this presentation, but there seems to be some conflicting or conflicting information, but also a confluence of events that also including childhood trauma, whatever it would be, let's call it sexual abuse, of which unfortunately is very common, has been, um, is it doing something to a part of the brain, shutting down a part of the brain that had that trauma, but also opening up another part of the brain that may actually attract these sorts of experiences? It's like somebody having a brain injury and all of a sudden having a bunch of paranormal encounters. You've heard of that. Right, right. So this there's rings work you know the you know the omega point this is exactly of course what absolutely and, kenneth ring yes probably mm -hmm. childhood trauma opens the door and actually they it, the studies of gary nolan and kit green have you read those papers i'm where familiar with it yeah the brain actually grows the white matter in the hypothalamus they call it the cat put and the that there's some names for these parts mm -hmm. of your brain that actually grow in remote viewers contactees, some trauma people, intuitive, psychics, there's another part. They thought it was an abnormality, but they really see it's a facility. So mm -hmm. absolutely. And you know, yeah. again, these discoveries have been used yeah. experimentally for both mm, let's yeah. just say neutral but also malevolent purposes. We we have to talk about MK Ultra and how they used these sorts of experiments to purposely traumatize children, knowing that uh, or, or, or believing they're trying to replicate this idea of opening another vista in the brain that would allow secrets to be stored, as an example, and brought to you know another part of the world, etc. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot going on there. So I do go into that and 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 sort of just juxtapose those that are having experiences with, um, you know, the fact that they may have been had some kind of trauma as a child. I gave this lecture 
Allen in Australia back in 2019. That's where I debuted this lecture. And I can't tell you how many people came up to me afterward, specifically talking about the trauma connection and their being experiencers. So we've got something there. So important. This is key to our, our people, to a kind of freedom, to an understanding because there's a disassociation that happens with trauma, but that disassociation also connects us to other realms as well. You got it. Very well said. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely are right. Oh my God, we're out of time. No, <laughs> getting- we're not, not you and I. Guys, sorry, we're going to Patreon because Alan has a secret he's going to share over on Patreon. Aren't you, Alan? Yeah, sure. If you tell me what it is. No. Okay. Well, I'll stop it. (laughs) Alan is going to give us the latest, by the way, kudos for doing, before we sign off, I want to say you did a brilliant on the fly job of, of a panel that you had with Linda and Richard Dolan, our buddy. And, and who else was there? Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everybody was there. It was, it was fantastic. Um, um, where were you Monday night? I, I was on back to the uh, airport, <laughs> going back to the airport. Yeah, I missed it. Right on that panel because it was such a, a key panel for yeah. people who were waiting 80 years, maybe not all of them 80 years, but we were waiting for this moment in history. And this is like the other shoe falling almost, you know? Right. Yeah. This is when the news guys uh, broke. Uh, yeah. With the David Grush report, not to mention the other things that 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 we talked about this last week, all seemed to converge at about the same time. The NASA Independent Panel, and then you had Greer's event, and then you had the Las Vegas event, which is getting weirder by the day. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So listen, let's let's sign off. We're not going to sign off. You're going to stay right with me, Alan. We're going to go next door over to Patreon. Please join us over there. Help support Higher Journeys. And uh, let's get a little with what Alan has to share because he's got some behind-the-scenes stuff to, sh- to tell us. All right, Alan? <laughs> so. Yeah, I love it, Alexis. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Listen, let me sign off with the Journeyers, and we will see you next time. Alan, let's go next door right now, my friend. Don't hang up. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Take care.